Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. I'm so happy to be with you today. Ah, I am in Rhode Island visiting my friends, Rich and Karen and Angela, and it's wonderful. All friends from our Masterful Living community. It's really nice to be with everyone and to gather. And it's a beautiful day here. We're on a lake, and it's just a gorgeous sunny day, and I'm so happy to share with you. So let's join together and to place our hand on our heart and be grateful and thankful for the love of God shining in our awareness. Grateful and thankful that right where we are, the love of God is fully present. We are wholeheartedly grateful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of remembering our true nature is perfect. We're recognizing the Christ in our very being. We are grateful and thankful that the Christ in us is pre-installed and we don't have to make it happen. We're allowing it to be revealed. We are grateful and thankful to expand into an awareness of the Christ within ourselves and within each other. In gratitude, we share the benefits. In gratitude, we let it be. In gratitude, we know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there are many references in A Course in Miracles to Christ in you. Christ in you. And I noticed this recently. It's funny how I uh, am asked to give the topic for the radio show well in advance. And so I kind of hold off to the last possible minute. And then I ask Spirit, what is it? And uh, that's what I got. Christ in you. And... In the text, which I just love so much, in chapter 11, section 6, paragraph 3, and this this section 6 is entitled, Waking to Redemption. In this, it, uh, actually I'm going to go to paragraph 2, it says, would you join in the resurrection or the crucifixion? Isn't that a great question? So the Christ is in us. It's already there. It's pre-installed. It's the true nature of our beingness. So would you join in the resurrection of the Christ or the crucifixion of the Christ? All day long we are making that decision. Resurrection or crucifixion. And I invite you to play with this. Just play with it for a week when you're making choices of where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to say, like in the truly helpful prayer, we'll be guided. And sometimes we're on automatic pilot. I find that that frequently happens to me. I have a set idea. I'm going to have this for breakfast because I've got to use up this fruit and I've got to do so the decisions I'm making are based on what's occurring in form and my interpretation of it versus what I'm being guided to in that moment. So we could use this question to assist us in making decisions. Would you join in the resurrection or the crucifixion? Would you condemn your brothers or free them? 
Would you transcend your prison and ascend to the Father? These questions are all the same and are answered together. There has been so been much confusion about what perception means because the word is used both for awareness and for interpretation of awareness. Yet you cannot be aware without interpretation for what you perceive is your interpretation. So in our human experience, awareness always comes with interpretation because it always comes with perception. Then it says, and this is what I love, this course is perfectly clear. If you do not see it clearly, it is because you are interpreting against it and therefore do not believe it. If you do not see it clearly, it is because you are interpreting. Your perception is against it and therefore you do not believe it. And since belief determines perception, you do not perceive what it means and therefore you do not accept it. So our perception gets in the way. Our belief system gets in the way. Then it goes on to say, yet different experiences lead to different beliefs and with them different perceptions. So interpretation is all wrapped up in our beliefs and in our perceptions. Then it says, for perceptions are learned with beliefs and experience does teach. I am leading you to a new kind of experience that you will become less and less willing to deny. Learning of Christ is easy. I love that. Learning of Christ is easy. For to perceive with him involves no strain at all. His perceptions are your natural awareness, and it is only the distortions you introduce that tire you. Let the Christ in you interpret for you, and do not try to limit what you see by narrow little beliefs that are unworthy of God's Son. For until Christ comes into his own, the Son of God will see himself as fatherless. I am your resurrection and your life. You live in me because you live in God. And everyone lives in you as you live in everyone. Can you, then perceive unworthiness in a brother and not perceive it in yourself? And can you perceive it in yourself and not perceive it in God? Believe in the resurrection because it has been accomplished and it has been accomplished in you. This is as true now as it will ever be for the resurrection is the will of God which knows no time and no exceptions. But make no exceptions yourself, or you will not perceive what has been accomplished for you. This is key then. Are we choosing the resurrection or the crucifixion? Are we making exceptions? All is God, all is good, except for that one and that one. The rest of it, all good. This, this is where we get into all the different compartmentalization in our mind. You see, and for me, one of the most healing things that I've recognized is that God is the same always. The infinite mind of God doesn't have good days and bad days. It doesn't have opinions and judgments. It's eternally true, perfect wisdom. The perfect Christ presence is all that there is now and forevermore. 
for me, it's so helpful, so, so helpful to realize if I truly know that God is all there is, then I must be able to see God in everyone. And if I truly do know that there's one mind and that we share the one mind, then I know that I cannot judge myself and not judge my brother. I cannot judge my brother and not judge myself, that these things are tied together forever. And for me, it really helps to have the simplicity of, would you join in the resurrection or the crucifixion? It's your choice. You have free will. What will you choose? You get to decide. We also get to decide whether or not we're going to believe and affirm our perceptions and our interpretations. And for me, one of the most helpful things has been to really join with the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, teach me today to see only the truth, know only the truth, speak only the truth, and feel only the truth. There's that section in the Course that's called This Need Not Be, and it talks about, basically, if you're not feeling joy, this need not be. Anytime that we're not feeling joy, it is because of our perceptions and our interpretations, which are the distortions that are so exhausting. Again and again, I've counseled people or people in classes with me, like in our Masterful Living class, particularly at the beginning of the year, people will share how they find certain relationships and family members exhausting. And they'll say, oh, these people in my life, I love them, but they're so complaining that it's exhausting to be around them, or they're so critical, it's exhausting to be around them. And what I can say from my own experience of learning and my willingness to learn what is really going on here, I finally figured out that, you know what's exhausting? I am judging them for their judgments And that's what's tiring me out. That's why it says here in paragraph 3, Learning of Christ is easy, for to perceive with Christ involves no strain at all. His perceptions are your natural awareness, and it is only the distortions you introduce that tire you. Let the Christ in you interpret for you. And do not try to limit what you see by narrow little beliefs that are unworthy of God's Son. So let us be made new every day. I I have come to see that whenever I would feel, oh, I'm right about this, and I need to convince somebody else. That's a really big divine alarm clock warning bell going off saying, here is an extreme healing opportunity for you. Give up the need to be right. Choose instead to be truthful, to see clearly. Invite the Christ in you to know the truth, to feel the truth, to see the truth, to be the truth, that's where the healing lies. One of my favorite quotes from the Course, rest comes from waking, not from sleeping, right? I used to have a real fear of not getting enough sleep and then being sick, and um I I still have someone in my life who, how are you? Well, I, I, I got up too early this morning and I, my 
I've been groggy all day. And I used to be in that mindset that somehow the amount of sleep I had affected how I felt. But I have really come to see that that was a perception, that was an interpretation. I don't experience it anymore. I mean, sometimes I don't have enough sleep, but I don't feel groggy and tired all day. I don't feel out of sorts. It's pretty much like any other day. Um, it really is. I can work out hard still, and I can still do whatever needs to be done. Um, but if I start thinking, oh, I didn't get enough sleep, oh no, something's wrong, well, that is what is exhausting. Would you join in the resurrection or the crucifixion? So one of the things is, is there are so many subtle ways that we can shift into recognizing the Christ in us. And, and I love this, that it says here in paragraph three, let the Christ in you interpret for you and do not try to limit what you see by narrow little beliefs that are unworthy of God's son. So any time we don't feel harmonious. We can say, okay, Jesus, I'd like to let the Christ in me interpret for me. I've bought into some belief that's little and narrow, that's an interpretation that's not helpful to me. Show me the way. Show me the way to see with the Christ in me. Let me see from that perspective. So what Jesus is telling us is that we all have the Christ within us. Let us see with that. And let's say you're bothered by someone in your life. Could be a family member, a loved one, a friend, a co-worker, the president, and you think, I don't like their perspective. And I don't like them imposing their perspective on the world. Well, instead of trying to fight with them, because I get, as a someone who's um, active in this world, I get emails all the time, join the fight. Uh, no, thank you. I don't wish to fight. I just don't. It's not my thing. I would like to join together. I don't mind um, demonstrating. I like that. But I don't want to fight. I don't want to have a battle. I want to get out of the battle. And uh, much later in the course, uh, in chapter 22, section 5, which is entitled The Branching of the Road. When you come to the place where the branch in the road is quite apparent, you cannot go ahead. You must go either one way or the other. Crucifixion or resurrection. There you go. <laughs> For now, if you go straight ahead, the way you went before you reached the branch, you will go nowhere. The whole purpose of coming this far was to decide which branch you will take now. The way you came no longer matters. That's a cool place to be. And I have to say, that is really what I'm feeling now. The way I came to where I am now, it doesn't really matter. For me, it's helpful, it's valuable, because it's all stories I can tell and share in order to be helpful. But other than that, it doesn't matter. I notice my, I used to be an extremely sentimental person. And I would save all kinds of things 
that had sentimental value. I, I cherished the things I have. I have my grandparents' wedding china. And uh, it's simple china. It really is. It's not fancy. But I love it, and I love to use it and enjoy it. But if I didn't have it anymore, I'd be fine. I would not feel a loss of it. Um, The whole purpose of coming this far was to decide which branch you will take now. The way you came no longer matters. So our history, we can harvest the learning from it and then put it aside in terms of our identity, right? So sentimentality is about identity. And for me, I realized it's keeping my identity in the past. I'm the one who did these things. I'm the one who had these experiences. And I used to have photographs all over my home of my experiences in the past and the people and relationships and where we were in the past. And I really got to a place where I realized that feng shui wise, energetically, was keeping me in the past. And that far more fruitful for me to be present in the moment now. So I found in my home a neutral place so that I could put uh, photos, portraits of our family and things like that from childhood and whatnot in a neutral area. So that I can fully be in the present moment. And I like that energetic difference in my home. Don't have a home right now. I'm just starting to look for a new home and that's exciting to me. Uh, the way you came no longer matters. It can no longer serve. Right? So we harvest the learning and that the learning is the service, but the way we came no longer serves. No one who reaches this far can make the wrong decision. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know? So we're at that fork in the road, the branch in the road. It's quite apparent. So this is chapter 22. So this is uh, towards the very end of the the year. Um, Moving towards that that place. Um, Well, it's not the very end of the year. But anyway, if you're reading the text along with the workbook. No one who reaches this far can make the wrong decision, although he can delay. So we can delay making the decision of which way we will go. And there is no part of the journey that seems more hopeless and futile than standing where the road branches and not deciding on which way to go. I see a lot of spiritual students doing this. They're standing at the crossroads, the branch in the road, and not deciding which way to go. Because to be all in for God, all in for the Christ in you, seems too radical. It seems like you're going to have to give up stuff you want or stuff you think you need. But that's, that's not been my experience of how God works. We have to give up our attachments to the things that cause our suffering. And that is so different from giving up what we want and need. The things we want and need are and finding the Christ in us is the way out of that. Letting the Christ within us lead us to make the joyous choice at that branching of the road. One of the main things that's so important to me is helping other people to make this decision at the branching of the road. 
uh, it's their decision to make, but to help them see what the highest possibilities are in many ways. That's what my Finding Freedom Boot Camp and my year-long Masterful Living course are all about. And we can't make that decision easily. We can't really see what's the highest and best when we're holding on to all kinds of unforgiveness, resentments, regrets, hurt, blame, shame, etc. One of the things I'm doing uh, is I'm offering my Forgive and Be Free live in-person video workshop again. And you can register for it at jenniferhadley.com. It's right there on the events page, Forgive and Be Free live video workshop. Also, while you're there, uh, Masterful Living is on early bird discount right now. So we haven't done an early bird discount in years Now's the time to check that out. And it's time for me to go to a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course of Miracles on Unity Online Radio. We're living the love. We're walking the talk. And I look tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley. So glad you're joining me. We're talking about the Christ in you and standing at the branching of the road where we're making that decision. Are we going to be all in for God What are we going to do? If we think we want and need to be in, live in a particular place, have a particular lifestyle, or be in a particular relationship or a particular job, that that, that our happiness depends on that, we are mistaken. And we'll stand at that branch in the road. And we'll know intuitively that going all in for God might mean that we'd say, yeah, that job does not serve me anymore. God has a much higher idea for me. Or that goal, the goal of living in a big fancy house. I was talking with someone recently who had worked much of their lives, they're in their 50s maybe, worked much of their lives for the goal of financial success and material success and had accomplished all of these things and um, provided so much for their family beautifully and yet was realizing that they didn't have things that really mattered, really close friends, uh, really good relationships with their family. And this is a common thing, right? This is a very familiar story. The world teaches us the opposites, like opposite day every day on planet Earth. The world teaches us that what will make us happy is in the world. And of course, love and even our connections, our true, real loving connections are not in this world. They're in spirit. And so the things of this world will not make us happy and they are a giant distraction. But it doesn't mean that we can't enjoy them. We can enjoy them as part of our spiritual upliftment and experience. And for me and for many people I know, one of the greatest things about our spiritual journey is that we can share with others. For instance, today I'm sharing with my friends 
Rich and Karen and Angela and Linda and yesterday with Lawrence and Megan and other people, we're all sharing together. That's that's the creme de la creme. Why, why have the nicest things in the whole world if you're not sharing them, right? So we come to this place of decision making where we must make that choice. And it says here, we can stand at that decision point a long time. A lot of times when I meet people, they have been standing at that decision point, sometimes for decades. They haven't decided which way to go. Because they see one way is they're going to have to give up the things that are part of their identity. And the other way, they're going to have to give up God and they don't want to do either. The thing that flipped the switch for me is realizing my identity is in God. It's not in the world. My identity is in God. It's not in what I've done, what I will do, or what I have. That's a really important learning for me. Because for so long, who I identified with, like where my self-esteem came from, was what I was capable of and what I was going to do. That's how I felt in my teens and in my early 20s. And then, like many people do, I reached a crashing down point where I realized that having what I wanted wouldn't make me happy. And I felt suicidal, as many people do, when they get everything they think that will make them happy, but they don't feel happy. It's an identity crisis. And so people will stand at that branch in the road, avoiding that identity crisis. But it doesn't have to be that way. If we recognize the Christ in us, we can follow the Christ and experience ease and grace and peace and wisdom and clarity and beauty and truth and joy. And so it says here then, again, we're in chapter 22, section 4, now uh, in paragraph 1. No one who reaches this far to the branching of the road can make the wrong decision, although he can delay. And there is no part of the journey which seems more hopeless and futile than standing where the road branches and not deciding on which way to go. So that's why sometimes people stand there at the branch in the road for so long they move into despair because it feels futile. They feel like they're on a treadmill going nowhere because they're not making that decision. So next paragraph here, it says, It is but the first few steps along the right way that seem hard, for you have chosen, although you still may think you can go back and make the other choice. This is not so. A choice made with the power of heaven to uphold it cannot be undone. And that's part of why we stand at the branch of the road for so long, as we know instinctively, intuitively, that it can't be undone. If we go all in for God, and what if we end up in some kind of a life that we hate, working with lepers, in a place with no moisturizer, no good snacks, no Netflix, oh, that would suck, right? But that's that's probably not where we're going to go, unless somehow, some way, that would be the highest and best for us, Right? There's already plenty of people there. We don't need to go there. We're going to go somewhere else where we can be truly helpful. This is what I found. Hey, I'm here in a beautiful place today. I was in a beautiful place over the weekend with beautiful people. And I just go from really one beautiful place to another. My desire is to stay put, to have a home and a dog, and a yard, and a garden, and those are the things that 
I would like, but I don't feel deprived of them. I just share with spirit, this is what I'd like. And I feel it coming to me. I do. And I like to work in this way that I'm all in for God. And I am stating what it is I'd like without attachment, living in that place so that I don't have to have suffering anymore. I don't feel deprived. I don't ever feel deprived. I don't feel lost or confused because I'm all in for God. Every day I see choices I made that could have been higher, but I don't judge myself. I harvest the learning and laugh and move on. It's a good way to live. But I can tell you that 15, 20 years ago, I had no idea that this would be the higher road, that the path would be like this. I didn't. We have so much training in the egoic experience, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, where the churches and other organizations have taught deprivation, literally starvation, I, I know when I went to Assisi in 2014, um, I think it was, I went to Assisi, I guess it was 2014, that's a long time ago now. Anyway, um, and I learned more about the life of St. Francis and of Claire. He started that order of the Franciscan monks, and then Claire started the order of the nuns, and Francis was the teacher of the nuns. And he hardly visited them, hardly taught them. He, they, they all lived where in the winter is harsh and cold, and stone buildings with stone floors, and they deprived themselves of heat and food, and they lived very, very uncomfortably. They were learning, they had gone from being in wealthy families to this great deprivation. It was an ego trip, right? Think of Buddha, born the prince in this beautiful palace, he goes outside the palace walls to journey and discover what, what's going on outside the palace walls. And he learns of uh, people's poverty and suffering and things like that. And then he goes on this road of deprivation to the point where he's subsisting on one grain of rice a day. So he goes from the excesses of living in the palace, where all needs are met in excess, to this incredible deprivation. He's experiencing the extremes, and he, in his enlightenment, he part of that realization in his enlightenment is the middle way of the householder, the person who's living in the world, living with other people, and living in modesty, not deprivation and not excess, that is the fastest path to attain enlightenment. And that becomes what he teaches. So we all learn this. All, our journey is Buddha's journey. Our journey is the prodigal son's journey. These journeys are ours. In a certain way, uh, Jesus' journey can be ours, that we can choose that crucifixion, but then we can decide, okay, enough. Now it's time for the resurrection. And we do have to make a choice and be all in. That was part of Buddha's training. That was part of Jesus' training. And once we make the decision to be all in for God, and that was Buddha sitting under the Bodhi tree, right? Not moving a muscle. All in for God. 
that the awakening happens certainly has made the difference for me. Now it says here, once you make that choice, I'm calling it all in for God. Uh, The other way is to try and be successful in the world and be happy in the world. And that the world is your God (laughs) rather than spirit. If we make the decision to be all in for God, it, it says your way is decided. There will be nothing you will not be told if you acknowledge this. A choice made with the power of heaven to uphold it cannot be undone. Your way is decided. There will be nothing you will not be told if you acknowledge this. And so you and your brother stand here in this holy place before the veil of sin that hangs between you and the face of Christ. Let it be lifted. So this is the other thing, too, that we come to see is that uh, and I certainly am so grateful to finally realize this because I I didn't see it until I really said I'm all in for God. So what the thing that I finally got was that all the blocks in my mind to the truth, to the full realization of the truth, were, like it's talking about here, veils that are placed there in the mind by my decisions to block the flow of love, by my unloving choices and decisions. That's the thing of it right there, 100%. That's the only way that God is blocked and that we don't see the Christ in ourselves is we make these decisions not to see it in others then we can't see it in ourselves this is why our brothers and sisters are our salvation is spirit is constantly inviting us to extend love to extend compassion to expand kindness and generosity of the heart to be authentic, to be transparent, to be truthful, to be engaged. And we resist. We resist. Because why? We'd like to be in control of it. We don't trust God. We don't trust the flow of the river. We're afraid we're going to be blown out, wiped out, overwhelmed, or that we won't like floating in the river and letting the river transport us. Maybe the river will take us someplace we don't want to go. So we hold back and we stand at that branch in the road undecided. For me, the, one of the most helpful things was deciding to be all in for God and deciding to really, truly trust that God knew the way. I had so clearly demonstrated I do not know the way, but I do get the I am that I am, the Christ in me does know the way. And if I will let that lead, I will be happy. That's the only way. So it goes on here, again, we're chapter 22, section 4, paragraph 3. And so you and your brother stand here in this holy place before the veil of sin that hangs between you and the face of Christ. Let it be lifted. And that's what I started to say. Let all these veils in my mind be lifted. It says, raise it together with your brother, for it is but a veil that stands between you. Think of a veil. Like, think of a bridal veil. These veils are just thin, little, transparent pieces of fabric. They have no real weight. They have no real strength. They're just a thin separation between us and the truth. Clear seeing, clear knowing, clear feeling, clear healing. Let it be lifted. It says either you or your brother alone will see it as a solid block, nor realize how thin the drapery that separates you now 
yet it is almost over in your awareness and peace has reached you even here before the veil think what will happen after the love of christ will light your face and shine from it into a darkened world that needs the light and from this holy place christ will return with you not leaving it nor you you will become his messenger returning him unto himself so we return christ to it says himself i prefer itself we return the christ like bringing ourselves home think of uh, dorothy in the wizard of oz right she goes on this journey there are crossroads and she's in search of the one who is going to help her go back home again she has these mighty companions who go with her they too are searching and they come up with this very ego idea that the wizard of oz is going to give them the answer going to make them whole restore their wholeness restore the brain restore the heart uh, restore the courage and return dorothy home this is the illusion right but then it turns out no that's not how it works you do it for yourself and part of how you do it is by recognizing it in your brothers and sisters so the lion realizes that he has courage because he in walking with his companions he out of his love for them his care for them he was able to do things that required great courage and the scarecrow realizes that he has a tremendous intelligence he has the intelligence of the heart to love so fully and he loves dorothy so fully right the tin man also realizes that he has the capacity to love right each one of them and and then of course dorothy realizes she already has the capacity to go home she had it all along these are our journeys too so we've journeyed gone far afield like dorothy did into a strange land and the thing that brings us home is the mighty companion part realizing ah right first didn't she judge the scarecrow she judged the the lion but then and that was the thing that kicked her out of kansas anyway her judgment she was running away from home because she didn't feel understood and she judged right back and she said you don't understand me and she got out of there and she went looking for some place where she could be accepted right and then her journey with her mighty companions she realizes she has to get along with them and love them and mutual support mutual acceptance this is the way so we have to take down those veils of separation between each other and love each other as we are and see the truth of it that the one who seems to be all bluster like the lion is actually afraid and at first she really judges the lion when she sees what a coward he is she yells at him and attacks him she's all upset but then she comes to love him and support him just as he is and then he reveals he has great courage and strength he's a very loving loving being and that's what courage comes from it comes from the courage to to uh, uh, the ability to move from your loving heart even if you feel afraid <laughs> 
Christ in you, the Wizard of Oz in you. It's pre-installed. And we can live from that space. Really, I, I, it's interesting. When I started my Masterful Living course, I realized it was very much about that. Very much about that. And at, in the first few years of the course, one of the things that I dealt with was people judging other members of the course. We don't have that much anymore. But it was something in the beginning we had to work through that People had a certain aversions to personality types, but now more and more people are coming in and seeing, oh, I want to be all in, and the things that maybe previously they would have an aversion to, now they see, I have compassion for that. I have compassion for that in that person and in myself, and the healing is really happening at a much more rapid pace. It's so wonderful to be able to do this work together. Same with doing the forgiveness work. Come and join my live video workshops. It's a three-part Forgive and Be Free workshop. First part is three hours. Second part is two hours. The third part is about an hour. Come and join us. Do it live. Live forgiveness work online on the Zoom platform. And then consider joining us for a whole year of expansion, of being all in for God and learning what does that really mean and how beautiful it is to live day in and day out looking for the highest and best, most loving choices and discovering all the benefits that come with it. So magnificent, so wonderful to be a part of it. Oh, what a blessing, what a blessing, what a blessing. <laughs> So grateful we get to share it. Well, let's see. You can sign up for free text messages, acimtexts.com. You can get the ACIM app for free, ACIM app, app.com. Uh, I invite you to consider becoming a supporting contributor at livingacourseofmiracles.com or jenniferhadley.com. All donations are come into the Power of Love ministry that supports it all. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take that breath. Love and gratitude. So grateful and thankful for the love that we are. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Have a great rest of your week. I love you. Mwah.